right, welcome in college hockey fans to the first Club Hockey Southwest Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Strandy. We'll be joined shortly by my co-host, Stephen Marsh. Just want to give you a little quick breakdown about Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and what it is. It's a, a branch off of the IcetimeHockeySW.com family. If uh, you're familiar with our podcast, we've been doing a, a College Hockey Southwest Weekly, which is dedicated strictly to the uh, NCAA hockey in the desert southwest and now it's time that we jump on we cover acha hockey in the desert southwest as well this podcast brought to you by jesse ray's barbecue in las vegas nevada and also by roger klein's moon mexican moonshine tequila with a new name change coming up folks we'll have that for you shortly as well so thanks to those guys for helping us bring this to you we're going to be talking college hockey at the club level for those of you that are unfamiliar with uh, ACHA hockey, that is the hockey that is pay for play. Guys uh, come out and uh, compete like no other. The uh, growth of this sport is uh, second to none, basically, in hockey anywhere. In the desert southwest, especially, we've got three ACHA D1 teams. We've got the University of Arizona. We have Arizona State University. We have Grand Canyon University, and tonight we're going to be joined by the head coach of the University of Nevada Las Vegas Rebel hockey team, Anthony Vigneri Greener is going to join us, the head coach, as a uh, special guest tonight, about seven forty-five or so. If you're in Las Vegas, that would be about six forty-five, so fifteen to twenty minutes or so. As we get rolling along, we'll bring in my co-host uh, Stephen Marsh, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, about hockey. Stephen Marsh is. Uh, one of the media guys for UNLV does a lot of stuff up in UNLV and in Vegas. He's a UNLV grad, so it's nice to have Stephen on board uh, helping us out tonight and every Tuesday, or I'm sorry, every Wednesday night with Club Hockey Southwest Weekly during the hockey season. It's ramping up, folks. The regular season is starting to wind down, and more importantly, the uh, the playoffs, the national tournament coming up. Just a quick rundown on that. If you uh, are not familiar with the uh, the format, the way that goes, 20 teams will make it. It's based off of a ranking system as well as some auto bids that are given to conference championships. Here in the desert southwest, the University of Arizona has already clinched the uh, WCHL title. So they have already got their auto bid and will be in Dallas, Texas for that. UNLV currently in the latest poll, ranked number 13, and uh, should be comfortably in the tournament with just a couple of games to play this weekend at home against Oakland. And uh, the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils right on the bubble, folks, right now with uh, a ranking of 20. Um, with the auto beds, they may want to try to get that to 18, 17, somewhere in that range to assure themselves a spot. They have a big series coming up this uh well, two weeks from now, as they will end their season at the University of Arizona in the uh, rivalry series as they battle for the Cactus Cup as well as the uh, spot in the national tournament in Dallas, Texas. That tournament will be held uh, in mid-March. Um, a, a difficult tournament. As uh, Coach Greg Powers here at ASU will tell you, the uh, national championship from 2014 was his and his teams, and he'll tell you that it is one of the most difficult tournaments, if not the most difficult tournament for anybody to win, just because of the way the format is stretched out. You play uh, four or five games in five or six nights, so it's back to back to back. You must uh, play your very best because you're playing against the very best. So as we wait for my co-host to join us, uh, just wanted to uh, update you as well on a couple of things going on in the desert southwest this is our uh, third uh, podcast it's uh, the wednesday podcast podcast number one the professional hockey southwest weekly podcast will debut and air uh, next week on monday night all of our times are set at 7 30 arizona time we go for about an hour or so talking hockey at the professional level that means nhl and ahl and uh, then we uh, we will go on to our regular Tuesday show, which is the College Hockey Southwest Weekly, where we talk NCAA hockey. 
And then, of course, Wednesday nights at 7.30, we'll be uh, talking club hockey and Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So a bunch of great stuff for you to listen into. We hope you enjoy the shows and have a chance to visit and talk hockey with us. Uh, we do go live, so there's an opportunity for you to uh, actually interact, send us a message, send us a question if you have. If you have a question for one of our guests, feel free to do that as well. We'd be uh, happy to try to do our best to answer that for you. Uh, just so you uh, understand fully what we do here at IcetimeHockeySW.com, we do cover college and professional hockey in the desert southwest. So that means everything from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada, and everything in between. We uh, try to take care of that all for you. Uh, it's a big area, folks. It covers a whole lot, and it's getting bigger. Just on the uh, American Hockey League side, which is the minor league affiliate of the NHL, franchises they are going to be adding two teams over the next two years there'll be one in las vegas to uh, be the ahl affiliate of the uh, vegas golden knights and then the newest nhl affiliate will come on board in seattle and they'll add a club that'll play in palm springs california so it's going to be a whole lot of fun when we see the uh the uh whole thing come together for us. I know a few years ago when Tucson became an affiliate of the Arizona Coyotes, it was really exciting. And now we have, uh, you know, like I said, two more teams coming on. So a lot of hockey being played. Uh, we're excited about it. We're happy to cover it for you. And uh, more importantly, we hope that it grows the games. Our mantra here at IcetimeHockeySW.com is we definitely want to grow the game of hockey here in the desert Southwest. And over the last uh, four and a half, five years that we've been doing this, it has uh, seen some unbelievable growth. We've actually uh, watched the numbers of youth players, especially even on the women's side. We've uh, got two teams now with ASU and Grand Canyon University, GCU, playing at the ACHA women's D1 level and doing very well. Both of them actually right now, Arizona State is ranked number 12 in the country. And uh, they'll be entering their playoffs here in just a couple of weeks in hopes of earning their spot in Dallas, Texas, where they'll have all the tournaments. So the ACHA D1, 2, 3, and the women's D1 and 2 will all be played in Dallas, Texas. A lot of fun to go to the tournament, a lot of teams there. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it as well. Hopefully we'll get some more teams uh, coming in and we'll, we'll go from there. So, this being our debut show tonight, you can guess that there's always some technical issues that we try to work out to make sure we get our guests on board and to make sure that we got everybody hooked in and hooked up. Technology is a great thing when it works, and when it doesn't work, it's uh, a lot of work for us. So we'll continue to do that. We ask that you hang with us here as we wait to, uh, to get our co-host on board for the uh, the first time, as well as uh, Coach Anthony Vigneri-Greener of the uh, UNLV Skating Rebels, who had a huge weekend this past weekend uh, against their arch rival, Arizona State, in Las Vegas at City National Arena. They were at, uh, able to uh, pull off a sweep, an impressive one at that, uh, over uh, Arizona State, and one that they very much needed to move up in the rankings. Unfortunately, when they moved up, that moved Arizona State down. So it is a uh, battle. Uh, in the desert southwest, and uh, we are thrilled to bring every bit of the action to you. We don't do a lot of game coverage, folks. We go to games. We get some stuff out on social media, but our focus is uh, on the feature stuff. We like to do behind-the-scenes stuff and uh, get to know the players, coaches, fans a little bit better that uh, love this sport so much. So here in the desert southwest, there's a lot of options for you. We thank you for following us. Um, as we uh, proceed tonight, we'll be uh, be bringing, like I said, some really good stories. But I, I think Coach Greener's got a lot to talk about because uh, his team is playing very well right now. They started well. They ran into a little swoon. And uh, now they're back on track again. And uh, like I said, the latest rankings came out today. They're ranked number 13. And uh, the University of Arizona, our top-rated team here in the desert southwest, at uh, number 7. And Arizona State at number 20. So uh, a lot of good things to talk about. We'll be uh, bringing it out to you as best that we can. Still trying to hook up with my co-host and uh, also Coach Greener should be joining us here shortly. So 
we'll continue to work on and and then see what we can do uh, with getting everybody connected here. So, as I said, technology is a great thing when it works, and when it doesn't work, it's uh, it's a challenge. <laughs> so, so quite 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 a thing for us. We're excited about it though, as it uh, continues to grow for us. We're looking forward to uh, bringing you, bringing you bigger and better things as well. So we'll continue to uh, do our very best and and go from there couple of things to talk about while we wait to get rolling with the show today. We'll talk a little bit about NCAA hockey. I said this was a club program, and it is, but the NCAA stuff is uh, really exciting here in the desert southwest as well. Arizona State Sun Devils uh, have broken their club record for wins with 22 wins this year. So they're moving uh, in the right direction as they go to Wisconsin to play the Badgers for a uh, Final series of the year. Can you believe that already, folks? And then they're going to have to wait and wait and wait to find out if they are a team in the national tournament scene. Currently sitting at number 11, so a couple of wins would pretty much put them a lock into their second NCAA tournament. Um, if not, the uh, the team will uh, end their season with an impressive record. Right now, though, uh, you know, we look at uh, – the club teams, like I said, there's a there's a lot of great club action going on. This weekend, UNLV will be hosting uh, Oakland University uh, for their final two games of the regular season at home at UNLV. And then in two weeks, the big rivalry series between Arizona State University and the University of Arizona. That one's for the Cactus Cup. That means it's uh, going to be something that uh, everybody's going to want to be a part of. So uh, you want to uh, catch some great hockey action, that's the place to be. If uh, you're thinking that uh, you want to catch some NCAA hockey, unfortunately, that'll have to be at the national tournament if the Arizona State Sun Devils continue their drive towards it. I'll tease a little bit about the Monday show. That's our professional hockey one. That's the one that's going to bring you coverage of the Vegas Golden Knights. It's also going to talk Arizona Coyotes hockey and Tucson Roadrunners hockey. So right now, all three of those teams are right in the middle of the playoff picture. Uh, the Pacific Division in the NHL is ridiculous. It's got five teams within two points of each other. So one time you might play a game that puts you in first place, and you might lose a game that puts you in fifth place. So it's, uh, it's kind of an exciting time for hockey here in the desert southwest. In addition, the Tucson Roadrunners continue their dominance uh, in the, the Pacific Division of the AHL, where they continue to roll on. And uh, as we look ahead to that, that is going to be a lot of our coverage in March and into April as their playoffs begin and, and they move forward. So a lot of good things in the hockey land in the desert southwest. So we'll continue to look look on that. And uh, go from there. Uh, right now, we're uh, we're still trying to hook up with uh, my co-host Stephen Marsh and uh, Coach Greener with us. We're we're battling to see if we can get it to go, but right now we're not able to find the podcast apparently. So we're uh, we're going to mess around with some technical stuff here and see what we can find, and then go from there. Uh, so. Uh, you know, if you had a chance to visit last night as well, we had a great uh, a great show talking NCAA hockey, and uh, it was awesome. We had a chance to talk a lot about the, everything. I think I do have Coach Greener with me right now. Coach, are you with me? All right. Coach Greener, are you with me? I'm here. How are you? I'm doing great. We're still trying to hook up with my co-host here. We're having a little problems with connections, but I hear you fine and well. So welcome aboard the first edition, the debut edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. How are you? Everything is good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. A big weekend for you and the Rebels last weekend as you got a sweep over the arch rivals ASU at, on your home ice. Tell me a little bit about that weekend and how important it was for you in the rankings of the ACHA Division One. <clears throat> No, I think it was a, you know, a crucial weekend for our team. Um, building up to that, you know, we uh, we had some pretty big wins over this last month. 
So I think that helped. Um, I think we're peaking at the right time. My previous teams have struggled coming back from Christmas break, but I think Nick did a really good job, sent a good message over break, and uh, the staff worked well with the team. The kids never gave up, and we came back, and we had some really big wins against Jamestown, Minot, and then U of A, and then leading into that series, kind of was a slap in the face when we beat both of those teams and fell in the rankings. So um, just uh, the boys were ready to go, and uh, I was uh, excited and happy to see that they left it all on the ice. You know, when we talk about the ACHA rankings, those are uh, computerized, but man, oh, man, I, I know from the media side of things, when we look at it, we go like, well, I don't understand it because uh, – you can, like you said, you can beat two ranked teams, highly ranked teams, and fall in the rankings. And then, uh, and then on the other hand, you can beat teams maybe that aren't highly ranked and jump up in the rankings. So, I don't know if we've all got it figured out. All we do know is you got to be in the top twenty to get into the uh, national tournament. You guys are not in a conference, so that means uh, you really have to jump up on your own, don't you? Yeah, and for us, since we're not in a conference and. Uh... There's all those auto bids. Really, we're only fighting for the top 18 teams because there's two teams that are out of the top 20 that are going to win their league and get an auto bid. So really, they'll fall into number 19 and number 20. So we're fighting for 18 spots then. So, uh, you know, we, we know where we stand. Um, we have to win out. So there's no um, questions of, like, why we wouldn't be make the national tournament. But uh, I think we're in a good spot. We put ourselves in a good spot. If we continue to win, nobody really knows how the computer works, but uh, we really shouldn't fall if we continue to win. <clears throat> All right. Well, I've got my co-host on board. We figured out the connection issues, and we got Stephen Marsh with me. So, Stephen, welcome in. I've got Coach Greener with me as well. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. Sorry about that. I don't know why I was having such a hard time getting on there, but... Uh... Yes, we got to figure it out. That, so that's that's technology, you know. It's great when it works, and it's not so great when it doesn't work. <laughs> Stephen, you were there to watch uh, Coach Greener's team uh, take on uh, Arizona State last weekend. What were your thoughts? I was, uh, I was really surprised. I mean, I wasn't surprised, but I mean, I was just like surprised in the way that you know, knowing how good Arizona State was, and and just seeing how. <clears throat> Just seeing how UNLV was able to score ten goals and then score five goals the next day, but you know I was thinking, you know it's been building, it's been building the second half. You know they've been trying to really do better and uh, and to to really uh, progress and and I think this last weekend was just kind of the culmination of just the hard work they've been putting in the second half of the season to to really make that push. Coach, tell me just a little bit about, uh, for those that are listening in for the first time and don't know a whole lot about your team, we know what your additions were and how important they were at the uh, second semester, start of the second semester. But talk a little bit about David Anderson, just how special that kid is in goal. Uh, I think that uh, he kind of fits the mold of what we're looking for. We've always wanted a team with some kind of moxie and swag where we go on the ice and teams know that we're good and kind of just have that added confidence and um, just going into games. Um, I kind of felt like in that streak where we kind of lost our identity there, where, uh, you know, we lost the moxie. We kind of, you know, we went into games. We were timid and we were thinking teams were much better than us when, you know, that wasn't the case. So bringing a guy like him in kind of just put us back on the map and we got that moxie and swag back where, Every kid's confident, you know, when you call the guy's name pregame that all the kids are excited to play in front of. So it's just showing, like, uh, Nick and I were watching film earlier this morning, and uh, he doesn't face a lot of shots. Like, if you look at our season shots over the year, you know, at the beginning of the year, we're giving up 30 shots a game. Like, the last five games, I think, uh, we've held teams under 20 shots every game. So... You know, that, that helps, and I think that just starts with the confidence that Ando brings in the net, and then that goes to the D, and that goes to the forward. So I think it's a, you know just a chain effect. When you, when you talk about your team as well, we know it starts in goaltending, but you've got some great senior leaders. Tell us a little bit about those senior leaders and, and your captain. Start right there and work your way down with some of those seniors. No, Boz is, uh, you know, like a, a good offensive defenseman. Um, 
he's got the room. Um, all the kids respect him. He's good in the community, so that helps. And then you got a guy like Sachs who's kind of got a chip on his shoulder this year. Um, probably, you know, <clears throat> dealt with some things and battled back of uh, injury and came back. And playing hockey was like a question mark for him due to his concussions and whatnot. So he's coming back, and this is the best I've ever seen. I said it to Marshy when we chatted last week was – Night and day, he was the hardest kid I've ever coached in my entire life when the first time I got him. But uh, now, you know, it wouldn't be the same if Saxy wasn't around in the, in the room. So um, that's a good thing. And then you got Plonsky just holds down the DN, quiet kid, know what you're going to get night in, night out. You know, most nights he's, he's our best defenseman, but you just wouldn't know it because he's not a flashy guy. Um, you know, the saying is if you don't really notice a D-man, he's really doing his job. Um, you don't really notice him, and he just, you know what you're going to get with him. So you got kids like that in the room who are just working their tail off every night. Uh, it, it's a huge thing. And you got Moose, another D-man, just offensive D-man, can rip bombs, big physical kid. And that's really helping this second semester. This is, you know, we, we chatted at break. We did our uh, meetings at break, but he's got to throw his weight around more and be a more physical presence. And I, I think he's done that. I mean, that gets the crowd into it, especially at home. We had some really good crowds. And then when Moose comes across the middle ice and lays a hip check <laughs> and the kid flies six feet, what's not to love about that for the <laughs> crowd? So um, our leadership core has been really good. And then you talk about guys that don't wear letters that, you know, that are upperclassmen. you got a guy like Kurt Underwood, who was a captain at Division three school for two years, then transferred here. The kids really respect him on and off the ice. He's got a worth ethic like nobody's business. And then uh, Jared Erickson, Tristan Mayer, you know, the list goes on. We've got a good presence in the room. This is the tightest room I've ever had since UNLV. So, you know, that's, that's I will say, that's one thing that's helping. All right. So as we look at... And, and, go ahead, and, and let me, can I jump in those? I just want to add to that real quick. You know, he was talking about Titus, and, and I talked with... Uh, uh, us off and uh, Sachs after the uh, Saturday's game, and, and it's on the uh, UNLV social media, but uh, Sachs actually kind of said the same, similar thing. He said that this was the closest team that he's uh, that he's had in his whole time here. Uh, he said the boys all mesh together. Um, they're best friends. They uh, do everything together off the ice, and he said that we're just a family in there, and that is why we're winning games. So it's exactly what Coach Greener just, just said. Okay, so as we look uh, forward to uh, these two games with Oakland, Coach, what do you expect uh, to see Oakland coming in there? What rank number top 25, right? 25 or something like that right now? Yeah, I think they're at number 22. Um, we watched film this morning. Um, we did special teams film this morning against them, and Nick and I watched. Nick watched their uh, power play, and I was watching their penalty kill. And um, They seem like a good team. They work hard. Um, they have a really good goalie in net. Um, but, uh, you know, as long as we stick to our game plan and stick to our identity, what the thing's been, you know, making us successful, getting pucks deep, making their D turn their back, using our speed, going to the net, and then being sound in the D zone, you know, I'm expecting a good game. But, again, I want that swagger and moxie of our team where we know we're going to win the game. And that's what I want our kids to portray, and that's what I want to portray. And I have faith in this group, so... Uh, I'm expecting two good games, competitive games, hard-fought games. They're fighting to get in the top 18. But uh, we're doing the same thing. We're trying to get in that top 10, top 12 ring. Is, and, and, Coach, is there any concern on your guys' part? You had this big weekend against uh, Arizona State, probably the biggest weekend, uh, the biggest success you guys have had this, this season. Obviously, you beat mine on Arizona this season, but just the way you guys dominated them. Is there a concern that there might be a bit of a letdown against uh, Oakland, who's not as highly ranked, but they're playing for, like you just said, and how do you try to, if there is, how do you try to, you know, try to combat that? Yeah, no, uh, definitely a concern. Uh, we chatted about it this morning. Our Tuesday practice wasn't as good as I thought it should be. Uh, we have high expectations for every practice, and it just wasn't up to par. Uh, could be something they're a little bit tired and whatnot, but um, we, we kind of just went 35 minutes hard today and uh, had a really good skate today. But there's always that Saturday woes where you get nervous. You're like, uh, are they going to come out like after that 10-1 win? Uh, 
or 10-2 game or whatever it was, um, you got those Saturday woes where we start trying to do things different um, that made us successful. We turned we turned the puck over a lot in that Saturday game, kind of got selfish, got weak in the one-on-one battle. So uh, th- that's definitely scary. But I think it starts with the message that the coaching staff sends early in the week, which we did all week. And then it starts with our core group of guys that, that are leaders and to uh, betray the message that this is no joke and our livelihoods is on the line. All right, Coach, we'll give you uh, just a couple more questions and let you go. I know you're in the middle of dinner, so I uh, appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, but two things I want you to, to kind of talk about is over the last four years or so that, that uh, UNLV has advanced from D2 to D1, tell me about the, the competition here in the desert southwest and, and how you feel that's progressing. And did you think it would become this good this fast? No, honestly not. Uh, we chat about it all the time. I chat with the coaching staff of ASU, chat with Berman. It's really good for just hockey in general. Obviously, I know it's great for this level, but it's just good to grow the game, and it's growing at a fast rate. Um, but to have teams competitive like ASU and obviously U of A in the top five all year long, and then you got GCU coming on strong. Danny's trying to do a really good job over there. So, the, the better we can get as the West, out West, it only benefits everybody, you know, because you don't want to play a team where they're meaningless games where you, you, they're just on your schedule to have. Um, nobody wins out of that, you know. Like, the team that loses, they're just getting pumped. They're not, you know, playing a game. The team that's winning by a large margin is creating bad habits because when you play a better team, you know, the things that you're doing there aren't going to work. So it doesn't benefit anybody, in my opinion. So... To see that, that hockey and the recruiting classes, and that speaks to the coaches in, at ASU and U of A and GCU, like they're out there busting their balls in the, in, in the summer, doing what they got to do to make their program better. So um, kudos to all those guys, and it's better for hockey all, you know, all around. All right, final question I have for you is, you've been to the national tournament a couple of years now. You know what that D1 tournament is like. What will you bring into this tournament I'm assuming you're going to be in it because uh, where you're at right now, it seems highly unlikely that you wouldn't be. But what uh, what are you going to bring into it to try to advance a little deeper this year? Well, for one, I'll stop you right there. You never know with that computer. <laughs> so we got to hold our end. Uh, but everything holds true, and we stand there. And, um, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, we've always peaked like too early. Like, you know, uh, two right. years ago, our, our best months were November, December. We're beating teams, and then we come back from break, and it was just like we lose kids to grades or whatever, injuries and whatnot. And every team's hit with injuries, so that's no excuse. The one thing I will say about this group is, like, we went in that nine-game losing streak, and we were competing every game. It was just nothing went our way, but not one kid gave up. And, you know, as a coach, I was even feeling down. I'm like, man, this is this is rough. You know, I've never been a part of something like that, playing or coaching, you know. So um, they all bought in and they never gave up and they showed up every day and they still have workouts and busted their bags. So it was great to see. So going into this, you know, I feel confident with – I have five lines I can play. I have kids that are itching to get in the lineup. I have ten defensemen. That, you know, I play seven D-men, so I have three guys sitting in the stands. And now we have Ando back there. It's just like, you know, we're confident. So I think going into the tournament and, we're, you know, we're winning games that, you know, are tough. That last year we didn't end up, you know, we just we couldn't find a way to win at the second semester of the last two seasons. So going into the tournament with confidence and peaking at the right time, you see it all the time at higher levels of hockey. It's about when you get hot. And, like, for instance, last year the Blues got hot at the right time, the second half of the season. You know, they never look back after that. So I'm kind of hoping that's kind of our thing. Um, I'm hoping to do a program first and get in that top 12 where you don't have to play in that extra game. That extra, you know, day of rest right. is huge. Yes. Um, so that's our goal right now. That was our goal from day one, you know, in the opening PowerPoint that uh, the coaching staff and I had with the team was like, hey, listen, we've been to the dance twice now. Yeah, we put our feet in the water kind of thing. But now it's time to go to work. So after that nine-game skid, nobody gave up. You know, that was still our goal. It was like, hey, we're going to get in the top 12. We're going to get in the top 12. So now we're battling, you know, every night. This weekend's huge for us. We have to put up, you know, 
go out there and get two more wins on home ice it's senior weekend to put on a show for the seniors and you know that that's one thing i would love to touch on the guys that were graduating this year they've done tremendous things for this program i know for myself for nick we're extremely proud of them so we just definitely want to put on a show for you know friday night and then saturday night leading to senior night we just want to put on a show and make sure they end uh, their last home game at UNLV, you know, uh, on, on a winning note. Okay, I'm going to leave the last word with Steven for you because uh, he knows you better than anybody. He's there every game with uh, with you all season long. So, Steven, you got anything to uh, wrap things up with Coach on? Uh, I think it pretty much covered it. I, I kind of don't know, so I don't know what you guys talked about before, but uh, – you know, you, you did touch about the, the seniors. You got, you got uh, you just said, three seniors you're, you're going to honor this weekend. And, um, again, what, is, what does it mean to those guys have spent for the, for the program? I think you kind of touched on that, but just kind of what does it mean to, to be able to play two more games in front of the city national fans. They've been great all season, and just to have a great show for them when, for uh, two more games there. Yeah, uh, well, unfortunately, you know, Sweden and Tristan won't get to play this weekend due to injuries, but um, what they meant for myself personally, you know, I'm extremely proud of them. Um, they've been here four years. They put in the time just like I had. You know, we've graduated other kids where they were only here for two years or three, you know, or they weren't part of uh, our recruiting class. But these three are part of kids that we recruited. We went out there, did the hard work. We chatted with their families, kind of pitched them Vegas. And uh, I'm so glad that we did it. So, that's the main thing I want. I want everybody to, to, to embrace how much these three mean to me. And I know Nick feels the same way that uh, these kids put in uh, their heart, you know, blood, sweat, and tears uh, for this program. That's the least we can do is go out there and get them some wins. But I'm really excited for the crowd that we'll have this weekend for them. Uh, like I said, Tristan and Sweet won't get to play, but still honor them. And then I'm expecting Sweet or uh, Sachs to have a huge weekend. All yeah, right, and, and if it, oh, go ahead, go Steven. Ahead, I'm sorry. No, I just say no, yeah, I, and, and last weekend, you know, the crowd was great with the uh, with the military appreciation. You guys might touch on that, but it was just everything that was put around that to with the with the um, Malcolm Subban on Friday there, and then having the honoring the military and stuff, and just the that was a, a great thing. So um, I think we we can expect another great uh, weekend for for UNLV to finish off the home part of the schedule. Can't end it with anything better than that. Yeah, Coach, no, go back and enjoy the dinner. Go back and enjoy dinner, it. and thanks for stepping in with us. It's always great to have you on. Uh, great on the debut show. So this is going to be a weekly thing during the hockey season this year, next year, all the way around. We'll be talking uh, club hockey. I know, I know you coaches don't want to hear the word club, but I couldn't coerce ACHA to let me call it ACHA Hockey Weekly Southwest or whatever. So <laughs> we don't had worry. to go to the club route, but. Thanks for joining us. Steven will be right back with me in just a minute to finish up talking about club hockey here in the desert southwest. Thanks for having me, guys. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese. Surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. If you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011.
All right. Stephen Marsh is still with me. Coach Greener has gone back to finish his dinner. Uh, Stephen, I know we had some technical difficulties, so we didn't get you on right away, but you're on now. So uh, first of all, I want to welcome you as my co-host. It's, it's great to have you on. It's great to get your insight. I know you get to see UNLV all the time, but you also get to see the clubs that come in and play UNLV. So I want to spend a few minutes just talking and letting the people out there know what the competition is like that you've seen, especially, especially the second half of the season. Well, you know, this, this league has really got some top-notch uh, programs. Uh, you think club hockey, you know, as you kind of double coach, they don't really like to call it club. You know, they like to think themselves as a professionally run uh, organization, at least at the, at the college level, without being officially NCAA. But, you know, some of the, these teams that really come through, it's – it's pretty amazing the the talent they have, you know, the effort that these teams go and they they go out and get these players and recruit them just like you would at an NCAA program, and and in some cases some of these players that they get, you know, the other schools came from NCAA you know D two D three schools. They come to play at ACHA D one program. Just shows you how how great the um, the competition level is in uh, at this level, but. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, and UNLV has has done this the last few years. They they don't play easy teams. They 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 go right out there and they play the they try to play the the best of the best in the in the ACHA. They always play Minot every year. They play Jamestown usually a couple times a year. And they'll usually go there once, and then they come to Vegas. Of course, they have to play Arizona. They're going to be joining that conference with Arizona, ASU, and other those other schools. Uh, um, you know, next season. So they're the Arizona's of course right up there. Arizona State. Was that a bet? You know, off season last season, but this season was has been really good. Came into Las Vegas with the nine game winning streak, and pretty much dominating teams. And so, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see to see the the level of competition that comes in uh, to to Vegas or when UNLV has to go away. And um and it's it's yeah it's it, the ACHA is is no it's no uh, it's no joke. It's a, it's a serious uh, league, and they obviously put a lot into promoting themselves and. And uh, and the teams that in it really do a good job of promoting hockey and 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 that brand at that that level. You know, you know, I do a lot with NCAA hockey as well. When I'm talking with uh, NCAA and they talk about student athletes and things like that, but this uh, club level hockey is also student athletes. But a lot of these guys are working jobs and doing things because it costs money. We call this the pay for play league. They have to pay to, yeah. to travel and fundraise and do things like that. So. Right. You know, do that, do your schoolwork, yeah. and still be a good hockey player is uh, takes an extra special uh, person, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah, that's that's what amazes me too. I think some people, you know, get get that mix. You know, they, these teams, these players, they're they're having to to pay a fee to play. Um, you know, the, the the school does help with some funding but it's very very little they rely a lot on fundraisers and donors and things like that obviously people come to the games just why they you know these you know as with other schools are really trying to get people to come to the games buy the jersey buy the buy the gear and stuff because all that goes into helping the program getting to be able to go on these these trips you know they got nationals coming up now that that's looking like that's really in the picture now i mean always had optimistic but you know that, that nine game streak they were dropping down dropping down you think maybe maybe not going to get in this year but now they're now they're for sure probably going to get in unless they completely melt down they're gonna have to pay for that they're gonna have to raise money to, to be able to be able to afford to to go to uh to, to texas and, and be able to compete and have a chance to hoist a, a trophy which you know that this program would love to do so yeah that's the thing that amazes me most is that the players pay that the dedication to the program obviously that the, the schooling and everything and you know a lot of times have they have jobs outside of the outside of that so yeah all that just kind of another example of of how great college sports is but especially the club this club level with this this type of hockey it's uh it's really it's really uh fascinating you know and when we talk about that as well it, it's not only the talent level and the work ethic and all of those things but acha is different than any other uh, sport that i know i mean these guys go on road trips sometimes where they play a thursday friday saturday you see it up close and personal the physical beating that some of these guys take every game I don't know how they do it day in and day out, especially with three very competitive games in three nights. 
Yes, and we yes, and we'll see that soon with uh, with UNLV because uh, next week they 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 fly out to to Colorado and they'll play three three games in three nights. I went with them last year. Uh, Dana Lane, who does the broadcast of the home games, he was on he was with me on that trip too, and and uh, and that's you know that's you know you play three nights, you fly. We flew to Denver late la- uh, Wednesday night. Last last year was snow, and that was when the snowstorm came through Vegas. So that was quite interesting. We didn't get to Denver till about <laughs> two in the one in the morning or whatever. But and then then the, yeah then then we stayed in Denver, and then they had to bus to Fort Collins and Boulder each night, and and that's uh, you know so that playing th- yeah playing three games in three three nights and is pretty pretty tough. But especially when you're on the road, it's even uh, it's even more tough. But um, but these players, they do it, and I think this year it's helped uh, the the athletic trainer that they have for UNLV. Uh, he's been with them on the trips this year, I think, more than it has that they have in the past. So they're able to have somebody to kind of mend some of the pains and aches and stuff during a road trip that you maybe wouldn't have if you didn't travel with an athletic trainer. You have to kind of try to do all that stuff yourself. So that I think that's been an for for the program that they've been able to to have the, the athletic trainer be able to go on the whole trips, which has been helpful for them. So that helps too. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. That, that's a great point. Um, you know, I, I know we're talking club hockey, but there is a little bit of a, a, a push and an effect by uh, hockey in Vegas because I think the Golden Knights coming in really helped the UNLV program. I don't think that's a secret to anybody out there. But now we have the AHL team coming in, and I know that kind of makes teams nervous. They made teams nervous down at the uh, University of Arizona when the Roadrunners came in kind of push their practice schedule, their game schedule around a little bit. How do you think that's going to work with uh, UNLV and the new AHL team coming into Henderson? Yeah, you know, I, I, I was thinking about that and uh, when this was announced, and I had a feeling it was only a matter of time that the Golden Knights had a, an interest in having the AHL program uh, close to them just like the other teams out west have started to do when the AHL really became out west. And, uh, you know, it's I was thinking about, you know, what the impact on UNLV would be. Would there be too much hockey? You know, now you got an AHL team that's going to play, but, you know, the, the pe- tickets will be cheaper. People might want to go see that. Maybe less people will, will really care for UNLV at that point. Um, but, the, you know, the team's going to be based out in Henderson. So I don't know about the, the practice I don't think the practice, there was really an issue there because the UNLV does most of their stuff at City National Arena. Um, what I think it could do, which would be, uh, which will actually kind of be a benefit for them would be, is maybe they can have a a more of a permanent home. Um, City National is really to get be really crowded. There's always stuff going on. Sometimes the UNLV games get delayed, starts for, because there's something that happens before leading up to it that pushes everything kind of back 20, 20 minutes or so. So maybe having a place that we know we've talked about in the past, maybe playing at the Orleans, but obviously the AHL program, AHL team is going to play at the Orleans temporarily until they build a, a facility at, at in Henderson. If all that goes through, there's been some some debate about that with some of the people that live in that area. But if all that is, goes as planned, then they're going to have a 6,000 seat place for for the AHL team, and and something like that would be great for UNLV if they could could play there, or maybe even play some games at the Henderson facility out in. Uh, out there on Water Street, there in here in Henderson, Nevada. So, uh, so that could be a plus. Uh, but I, I think having more hockey is, is never a bad thing, and it could certainly give a new opportunity for UNLV to continue to, to market themselves. They can maybe do stuff with the AHL team. You know, they 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 connected with the Golden Knights, but then they can be connected with the uh, American Hockey League program, and 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 we'll see. I, I think the relationship here in in Vegas is is, is pretty good. So. Um, I, I think overall it'll be a positive thing, but it certainly can weigh. You can certainly weigh the pros and cons of, of certain things, but I think there's only more positive than, than negative in this case. You know, and you and I have talked about this uh, over the years, but um, the, the NCAA is uh, pushing real hard to get into the West, and every time there's talk of expansion or need for expansion, a UNLV pops up as as somebody that that should join the NCAA ranks at some point. Now this week we just had the CCHA uh, announce that they're coming back next year, and that leaves three teams, the two Alaska schools in Huntsville, as uh, teams without a conference, if you will. Arizona State's still independent. Uh, if you had a crystal ball and could look down there, is there a shot 
that uh, UNLV in your mind could become an NCAA team and, and maybe formulate something like that on campus? I think so. I think, I think you, uh, I think you could see that, um, you know, you're talking about, you know, UNLV becoming or trying to become NCAA, you know, uh, John Bucci-Gross is a big hockey lover, loves club hockey and, and stuff. He's, he's, uh, several times has, has tweeted his stuff about, you know, UNLV saying that he, you know, they could be next to, to become NCAA when they could talk about Arizona State and their, in their rise in the NCAA level. So that's getting that kind of, um, love from somebody like like John Bruchigos who's an ESPN mainstay and and loves loves hockey obviously follows it and and gives that kind of you know his we treated several of our tweets from UNLV hockey before of some of our crowds and stuff so he he loves but he, you know he loves he follows hockey religiously so you know having that sort of attention and and you know getting the getting the coverage here we had a, a local reporter at one of the games Friday night with with Subban there and and the military stuff and everything so so if we can get, continue to get more exposure there from the local, the local media, that you know it's it's tough because there's so many things going on here in Las Vegas, so so much in the of the days, you know, with between the, right. the Golden Knights and UNLV sports and you know basketball and football, you know, which are king here, and then uh, you know the Raiders are on the way and just other other big events that are going on here in Vegas at one time. But but yeah, if you could get all that and and I, you know I think the people on campus would probably. We resonate. I mean, the the student section, the the rebellion has has come to several games. They come to quite a few games, uh, home games for UNLV. So, um, I I think it could, I think it could it could work. Obviously, we talked about before the money's the big thing. If they could get, you know, the you know the money, and then having to a Title Nine thing, having another sport for women, that would equate that. So, but um, it'll probably happen. But you know, as we said before, it's not something that's going to happen immediately. And I don't think. It should happen immediately. I think UNLV should continue to establish themselves where they are right now, um, and 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 win um, at the the level that they're at right now, and then and then all that other stuff behind the scenes can can happen, and you know as they continue to work on that. But just focus on where you're at right now, and and trying to win a championship at the AC. Arizona State did that. They won it right. They won a championship at the ACHA level, and and that that probably was a big part of them getting to the NCAA program. So that's probably where UNLV's focus probably needs to be too. You led me right to where I was going to go with that. That's what Coach Powers tells me almost every every time I talk with him about expansion and things like that. He says there's, a, I call it the three-winged animal, right, or bird, because he talks about the need for, for finances, the need for uh, facilities and a tie-in with your university, obviously. And then the third thing he talks about is the competitiveness level. When he jumped or when he made the jump with his team, they were ACHA D1 national champions, right? And, and that's what got them propelled to the next level. And even then, when I asked him, I said, Coach, how are you going to compete at the NCAA level? He said, well, first we're going to have to go with a, a hybrid season to start the year, play half ACHA, half NCAA, which they did. Then I said, how are you going to be competitive? He said, we're going to have to be old, big, and strong. And indeed they were. And what they've done is they've taken that first year – they rolled it over into a full NCAA season the second year. And then now year three, they make it to an NCAA tournament the first time in 30 or 40 years as an independent. And right now they're sitting at 22 wins and on the verge of another NCAA tournament berth. So, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think UNLV right now has is, is got a lot of things lining up in their favor. I think they just need to continue to, to grow their program and be a force at ACHA D1 and then they'll be ready to make that step. But in your estimation, do they have the right people in place right now? I know they lost Zeke Khan to, uh, to his full-time job and, and duties as a father, but how do you feel about the situation right now as what's in place at UNLV? Well, I, I, certainly on the right track. Uh, you know, they might, try to, they might try to bring somebody else on to maybe help with more of the, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I know... I know uh, Nick and uh, and Anthony have uh, you know have really tried to take on a lot of that that stuff uh, right now, just as the season finishes. But I think their plan is to try to bring bring somebody else in. Arturo Castro has come kind of come back in to help with some of the the fundraising stuff, try to marketing stuff to get more people back in the seats. So he's kind of come back to to the program, uh, I think on a part time basis or something, just to kind of help with some of that some of that stuff. So um, I, you know they've got the they've got the right people. This is the same core that's really essentially been 
been together for what five five years now or so and i think to have that sort of stability um you know instead of continuing people coming and going although you're going to see some of that with the college level but um you know that understands and has the passion that's the thing has the passion for this program has the passion for for um, i know nick uh you know i think nick is he certainly has put a lot of time in this program you know he had he's had a job but he's you know he's he's looked to, to, to kind of change career paths for him i think he you know he wants to be in um kind of a first responder type thing and maybe we'll give him more of a flexibility to put more time in the in the unov program so um that's you know, so that, I think they've got the right people, and they got people with the right background. Nick's more than qualified. Green is more than qualified, and and uh, um, I'm sure they'll bring somebody else into that can hopefully have that same sort of passion. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, I look to be involved somehow, maybe in the future too, and maybe be more on the try to get it promoted on the media side. And I know, you know, Dana who does the games is maybe look maybe is trying to maybe can try to bring more value to to them. But you know, you got to be able to. To, to be able to pay the, pay a little bit too to to get the help that you need, but yeah, they certainly they certainly have the right right group of people that are in the mix. Uh, maybe be bringing one or two more people than okay. Well, we got a few minutes to go. I just want to wrap things up a little bit about talking about Vegas, not strictly on the club hockey side of it, but man, another big weekend for you guys up there. The uh, 1980 gold medal team is coming. They're going to be introduced uh, at the Golden Knights game on Saturday night. Uh, we're a little disappointed that the Relive the Miracle uh, kind of fell apart due to a lack of ticket sales. So I'm certainly disappointed in that because, as I told you before, I had a lot of friends that played on that gold medal team, and it would have been a really good time to uh, to reminisce. So a little bit sad about that, but glad that they're still getting to Vegas. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask your feelings on the uh, Alec Martinez trade that just went down for the Golden Knights. Um, one thing about Bill Foley, right, He he's – in it to win it, so to speak. And uh, how important is Alec Martinez going to be to this roster? Well, it obviously was a need for the uh, for the Golden Knights. Uh, I think a lot of people would agree that maybe the de- uh, the defense could use a, a bit of a booster up. And and I, I look at it in two ways. Uh, Alec Martinez has had some great seasons with the LA Kings, uh, two-time Stanley Cup champion, had the game-winning goal in overtime in the, the clinching game of the Stanley Cup final for LA. And, um, you know, but he hasn't really been maybe producing as much as he's capable of the last year so the, the Kings have been kind of falling below expectations or, you know, they're looking to rebuild their roster and, and, Get, maybe bring in some young talent, so they get a couple draft picks from the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights, of course, that was one thing when the team started with the expansion draft. They really, you know, you know, GM George McPhee, he was and, and the staff there was really good at building up draft picks. In addition to, you know, getting certain players and suddenly taking this player from this team and and working the roster. Obviously, that was a magical ride, uh, just the way the team was constructed. But also getting the draft picks, and they have a great core of prospects and. But they are able to use those as, as a, you know, we've seen them use those uh, picks and some of the prospects to get better players, to get big players. And, you know, we saw that with, with Pacioretty and, and Stone and everything. And, and so they give up a couple picks, but they get somebody like Martinez who can can help them win now. Martinez, for him, it'll be a, maybe it'll be a resurgence for him. You know, he's going to come to a team that's contending for a division title, and, and he, he'll be re-energized and re-motivated to want to, want to prove that you know he, he can be a part of this this team and be part of something something great obviously he's very familiar with the Golden Knights over the last couple of seasons uh playing in the same division obviously and and of course the playoff uh series a couple of seasons ago so um so he, he he you know it's kind of the same with when Pete DeBoer came in he he kind of solved the right. Golden Knights from from afar from the Sharks perspective and and you know when he came to the Golden Knights he was actually excited that he got the opportunity to coach and and he's uh, he he loves really loves being with this team and, and really sees the potential. So I would be the same for Martinez. Um, so you know I, it'll be it'll be really uh, it, we'll have to see. I mean they've got a, you know they've got a lot of uh, players that they can go between. You know we've got AHL players too that are more than capable. So um, things are working right now for the Golden Knights. So they're really they're winning right now. So that's that helps too. So but you know they just 
you know, it's it's like a lot of teams at this time of year. The trading deadline's coming up. You try to look for ways right. to maybe make your roster a little bit better to make that push for the uh, for playoffs and in a deep uh, cup run. Well, I got to tell you, in the years that I've watched uh, professional hockey, which is way too many to count, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a Pacific Division look the way it does right now, where the top five teams are within two points of each other. So you wake up in the morning, you look at the standings, you go, oh, they're on top. Oh, they're on the bottom. Oh, they're on top. <laughs> and when I say bottom, I say down to fifth spot. So it's going to be an exciting uh, spring for sure. Uh, club hockey is going to be exciting as well as we get down to the tournament time. We'll tease next week just a little bit. We're going to be bringing in uh, hopefully the coaches from Arizona State and the U of A. You've had a chance to see them both now recently against UNLV, so it's going to be fun to get uh, your opinion on both of those teams as they head into what they call the Cactus Cup. It's the ultimate rivalry. It'll be uh, two games next weekend down in Tucson, and then we'll get a recap of uh, of the weekend with UNLV in Oakland. And, uh, well, and, and can I jump in real Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut no, you. I'll ahead. just say uh, real quick uh, with the Arizona State situation, uh, you know, it's probably for them, it was probably a real, uh, I don't know what you want to try to try to think of a nice term here, probably a wake, wake up call. Let's go with that one. That seems a little bit uh, nice uh, because here here is a team that was doing, came in second half of the year, was doing really well. Actually, they doing pretty good all season. They beat Arizona there in Tucson from what I understand you know from what I remember yes, uh, yes. just before the break and and you know you told me a couple of weeks ago you you know you thought that Arizona State was better than Arizona and so you think okay well you know Arizona came in with you know they split with with UNLV and, and you come to start Arizona State nine games that they had you know nine game winning streak they were dominating uh teams you know they made the climb to four, 14 in the rankings and then they come in you know their goaltender more had been pretty good and you know, for, for Arizona State and, and had a lot of score. And, you know, the offense for Arizona State was certainly a lot more than they had the year before. So you come into UNLV and, and, and they lose the way they did. Um, it was for them. And, and, and how would it have for them? Because they lost the way they did. They've, you know, we talk about the rankings a lot, but, you know, now they're right now outside of the picture. You know, right now they look like they were going to be be in and maybe have a good spot, but now they're down like right now, right around 20, 20, you know, wherever. And if they don't, they only got two games left, right? So if they don't, or maybe they got two, no, no, but if they don't, exactly. if they don't win against, they've got to go to Arizona and they've got there. It's not just the uh, NC, the uh, national tournament that's on their mind, but if they win a game down there, they're going to get the cactus cup back, which means a whole lot for that program at Arizona state. So it's going to be a real battle. Um, in a weekend, uh, not this weekend, but the coming up weekend in Tucson. So mm -hmm. I think it'll be fun to get both coaches on here, their perspectives, uh, where they think they're at, how they think that, that they're going to be able to combat that. Uh, U of A, I definitely think, has the most talent in the West right now, but but UNLV is close, ASU is close, and UNLV, that, uh, or uh, U of A's problem has been injuries. They played uh, you guys at UNLV without uh, a good portion of their lineup they only had 19 kids that they could dress because everybody was either mm -hmm. injured or out with sickness so uh it's going to be a lot of fun but like i said we'll touch on that next week we'll also touch about uh the recap the oakland series that you'll be at and we'll talk a little preview for going out to colorado so you know what the debut show went pretty smooth even though we had some technical issues <laughs> we'll get those ironed out so we get you on board a little earlier but Stephen Marsh, thanks for jumping in with me. It's going to be a fun uh, uh, rest of this season, and we'll look forward to really doing some big things next season. Yeah, look forward to it. It should be uh, should be good. A lot of great, a lot of great hockey right now between, uh, as you say, UNLV, ASU, and uh, in Arizona at the club level, and uh, of course the national tournament, which you know will be about a month in between the end of the regular season and the in the in the tournament. So teams that are injured that do make it, they'll have a chance to rest up and, and hopefully go with a full complement of players, which will make it just even more more exciting. So, All right. Thank you, my friend, for stepping in. This is uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. We'll be back with you next Wednesday night, 7.30 Arizona time, 6.30 Pacific time out there in, uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, have a great weekend. Take care and rack up a couple more wins for those uh, skating rebels, okay? Okay, well, we'll do my, we'll do our best. Uh, we'll see. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.